Welcome to the Ascension Podcast with Paul James Caden. In this podcast, we will discuss philosophy and spirituality from the Urantia book, living a peaceful, balanced life, spirituality and many other topics that relate to the growth and evolution of your soul. And now here is your host, Paul James Caden. Hello everyone and welcome to the Ascension Podcast, formerly Zen Spirit. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and uh, I wanted to make a quick mention in the beginning of this show that uh, when I recorded the first episode of Zen Spirit, uh, the, the episode entitled Have Yourself a Zen Christmas, I really wanted to get a podcast out for the holiday season. I didn't want to do it under the spirit side. I wasn't really settled on a podcast name uh, at that moment, but I was really into my Zen and mindfulness. I mean, I, I still am. That's a part of my personal uh, spiritual path. So I thought, Zen spirit, that sounds good. Maybe it'll stick. Maybe it'll be indefinite, but but we'll see. And I think I made mention of that in the first show, but I, I can't swear to it. Uh, <laughs> because the amazing thing is I hadn't, uh, done a podcast in uh, two or three months before then. And uh, it's incredible what you forget, you know, how to do it, you know, when you haven't done it for a while. And those first two shows with Zen Spirit, my gosh, I had so many interruptions from family members. And when I have to pause the podcast and I come back to it, I usually jot down where. Uh, I left off speaking because if I don't, I totally forget. And uh, so I may, I may or may not have mentioned it in that show. I don't remember. I didn't uh, go back and listen to that particular show afterwards like I usually do. I just wanted to get it out. But at any rate, um, I wanted to make some changes uh, to the podcast. I wanted to settle on something that's a little more uh, meat and potatoes where I am in my particular spiritual journey and also something I think uh, we all need. And uh, I think what we need is practical spirituality, common sense, something that focuses on the growth and evolution of our own souls and not so worried about all this political and uh, conspiratorial, uh, you know, melee that's, that's going on in the world right now under the guise of religion. It seems, uh, unfortunately that, uh, organized religion has, uh, really led a lot of people down, uh, a rabbit hole that, uh, you know, they may never recover from. And it, it's a sad thing because I saw this coming back in the nineties when I was eyeball deep in the evangelical, uh, Christianity movement, and I started to see some things that were uh, a little too political, a little too controlling over the congregations and the adherents. And uh, I remember telling many family and friends that, you know, I, you know, this doesn't look good. And if they continue with this current trend, uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but uh, it, it looks like it could be very uh, confusing to a lot of people. And and it sure, sure has proven uh, to be just that, along with, you know, a lot of other organized religions out there. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk about in this uh, first episode 
of the Ascension podcast. Or, you know, rather, we're asking the question in this podcast, will the real God please stand up? <laughs> because we certainly have a lot of versions of God out there. We, we have for a long time, uh, you know, but now it's really at a fever pitch with everybody's version of God. You know, some say he's love, some say he's angry, he's wrathful, he's a man of war, he's, you know, very immersed in the politics and political outcomes of, you know, our country, our world, even though Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. We somehow, uh, you know, have the, uh, here in America, you know, you know, the Republican version of God and the Democratic version of God and, you know, not to mention all the different religions and, you know, denominations, uh, which one is correct? Will the real God please stand up? And as that has been the habit when I, uh, began with, uh, Zen Spirit podcast, um, which this show, uh, it's going to still talk about having that peaceful and balanced life, and it's still going to have the basic elements uh, of what I started out with, with uh, Zen spirit. And one of the the traditions I want to stay with is having a quote at the beginning of each podcast, getting into the discussion, and Uh, Today's quote is coming from the Arantia book, and if you don't know what that is, this isn't a show where I really want to jump off into that topic, but I'm going to have a a very special guest on next week's show, and we're going to talk about what is the Arantia book and why we feel it's important to, you know, an individual's uh, spiritual journey. So if you're not quite sure what the Arantia book is, you can look it up online, but there's a lot of misinformation, even by uh, people who've written uh, books about it, you know, don't really understand what it is. And um, we're going to talk about all of that next week and fill in a lot of gaps. But uh, suffice to say, our, our quote of the week for today's show comes from the Arantia book, and it is from paper number one, Section 6, verse 6, and it reads, You can argue over opinions about God, but experience with him and in him exists above all human controversy and mere intellectual logic. Let's read that again. You can argue over opinions about God, but experience with him and in him exists above all human controversy and mere intellectual logic. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is one of many verses in the Arantia book that really resonates with me. You know, and I've had people uh, ask me uh, in the past when I've talked about the Arantia book on my show, when I had the spirit side, uh, and they would say, well, you know, why would you want to read that? That is, uh, you know, the devil's gospel. It, it, it contradicts the Bible in parts. And, oh, you know, this this is, you know, written by the minions of Satan and all that type of thing. Uh, 
Well, I really don't think so. And again, this is something that, uh, you know, we'll probably get into a bit more next week. But I came across the Arantia book probably in uh, the mid-90s. Some of you that have listened to my show, you know, uh, for a while may have heard this story. I, I found it at a Barnes & Noble bookstore. And I didn't know what it was. I, I never bought it. I, you know, I thought if this is something written by some crazy cult, I, I don't want to buy it. But it was this big book with a blue cover. And uh, I used to pick it up every week and just read through it. And there were so many little things in there that resonated with me, that just hit my soul and my mind that made me go, yeah, you know, that that's what I've always felt. That's what I've always thought ever since I was, you know, a little kid. Because since I was very young, uh, I had the sense of another world, something or someone that's very loving that is around us and watching over us and taking care of us and guiding us in our lives, that, you know, this life isn't the be-all and end-all. And as I got older... Uh, I had my ideas and my thoughts, and then my parents got involved with religion. And, uh, of course, then I was told, well, all the stuff you think about God or that you felt or thought you felt, that could have been the devil because it doesn't agree with our doctrine, so you have to get rid of that. And that scared the bejesus out of me. And, of course, like a lot of people, I went against my own natural uh, intuitions, inclinations, and inner feelings about God and just went with, you know, the religious doctrines. But there's a lot of things in the Arantia book that I remember thinking about when I was very young, and I never read them in any other book. I never heard anybody talk about these things until, you know, I read this particular book, and I didn't actually end up buying the Arantia book until you know, somewhere uh, 2014, 2015, so, you know, five, six years ago. And uh, there's a lot in there that resonates. And this being one of them, because that's one of the things, you know, just for me, and I'm not the only one, there's a lot of other people when you, you talk to them, they have a very similar story. And they say, gee, I remember being just a little kid, three, four, five years old, and, you know, looking at the sky and feeling like this world wasn't my real home. I remember talking to God, talking to angels before I even knew what God and angels were, you know, just talking to this presence around me and, you know, believing there was something beyond this world, and it was very loving, and it guided me, and I felt so comforted and peaceful, and then... You know, at some point in life came religion and said, oh, no, you know, that's that's of the devil. And, you know, for me, when the Arantia book in this verse is talking about that there's nothing that can replace those personal experiences with and in God, that is something that I know in my heart, I feel in my heart, I've know, known it all my life. 
a lot of other people, as I said, have had that same experience. And it's easy for somebody to come along and say, oh, well, you know, that was the devil. You know, that was some evil entity deceiving you about God, tricking you so you would never gain salvation the right way. But now as an older adult that is, you know, I've, I've traveled uh, more than a few miles uh, with religion and uh, studying the religions of the world and, and many of the sects and, and, and movements that are out there. You know, it's, it's very easy for them to come along and say, oh, no, you have to do it our way. But m- my argument would be, what kind of a God would allow a little innocent child who somehow has this inkling of something greater, something bigger, finds it to be loving. And in turn, I remember myself as a little child, you know, watching, you know, when my brother would act up or, you know, uh, grown-ups would argue and fight or, you know, my father uh, would drink too much and argue with my mother. You know, I remember being a little kid, you know, three, four years old, you know, looking at this going, well, this isn't right. This isn't how we're supposed to act. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to respect one another. We're supposed to be kind to one another. So A, is that something that the devil would inspire a child to do? And B, what kind of God would allow, you know, Satan, the devil, to come in and deceive a little child that way and do nothing about it? If Satan can so easily appear as an angel of light, as as many always claim with everything that's outside of their doctrine, then why doesn't God just as easily appear and say, you've been deceived, no, this is the way it is? Why why would we be left so hung out to dry in this universe of deception? Because that's one thing I've never agreed with. You know, everybody is always the devil, the devil, the devil, those who follow the devil, the, you know, the baby eating, blood drinking, you know, leftist Democrats and, you know, in Hollywood and this, you know, all these things we hear about, you know, uh, today and in the past, all the things the devil was doing through movies and rock music and, you know, he's everywhere. He's appearing to people, you know, as an angel of light, he's giving them all these Uh, fake spiritual experiences that are leading them down the wrong path, you know, these new agers and all this type of thing. So if the devil's doing all these things, why isn't God making himself known? Why would he stay so hidden just saying, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait for, you know, some preacher to come along and, 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 put you on the right path, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm really not going to do anything to uh, help that person out who is deceived at the ripe old age of three or five. You know, that, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, that that to me is giving more power to something dark than the God of love who made all things in the universe and beyond.
And I just don't think that that is so. You know, and it, it also makes me think, you know, these experiences, if, if you really do the research into this topic, you will find that there, uh, there's the beginning of life and then there's the end of life, birth and death. They're like the two bookends of every life. And at the beginning of life, birth, if you really research this out, you'll find that there's so many people at an early age that had this concept of God or something bigger in their lives. And they felt protected, they felt guided, they felt like someone was watching over them. They knew that this world wasn't their home. But then later religion comes along and says, well, no. You know, that's the devil, you need to forget all, all of that and connect with God the way we tell you that you should. And then we have the end of life, death. And if we look into the near-death experience, you know, we find all of these accounts of people from ancient times having the same experience, seeing deceased loved ones, seeing angels, uh, seeing this beautiful land like they're looking through a doorway saying, it's so beautiful over there. Oh, there's my mother, there's my father. You know, oh, there, there's angels or, you know, uh, you know, the spirit guardians, whatever they called them, you know, in their ancient lands years ago. You know, they, they always have this feeling and some of them say, I'm going home. And then they pass away. But then religion steps in again and says, well, that's from the devil. But see, I would say, when we're talking about personal experience, who is anyone to come along at the beginning of life when someone who's very young has this knowing of something greater and it's so innocent and it's so pure and it's so loving and it brings so much comfort and joy into your life? I know it did me and the other people that I've talked to that had similar experience. Who's anybody to come along and say, well, that experience is wrong. You have to disown all of that and embrace what I'm telling you. And then the experience at the end of life step in and say, well, that's wrong, that's evil, that's something else. You need to forget all that and believe and follow what I'm telling you. And so in between those two bookends of life, birth and death, life is filled with experiences. And we face that same thing with a lot of uh, religious folks, unfortunately. And I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody here, but it, it seems like they're always trying to knock people off of the road for lack of a better term. Everybody, somebody can have an experience with God. I, I had this dream and, you know, uh, Jesus spoke to me and he told me, well, how do you know that was Jesus? 
Well, that could have been a demon. That could have been Satan masquerading as an angel of light. That could have been Satan masquerading as another Jesus. What did he tell you? And the, they'll, they'll pick apart things, and if they find one little hair-width thing that doesn't agree with their doctrine, I think that was a satanic dream. I wouldn't listen to that. Then you'll have people that will say, gee, you know, I was having a real hard time, or a family member was, was ill, and I woke in the middle of the night, and, you know, here was this brilliant angel standing at the foot of my bed, and I just felt such peace. And I knew at that moment what I had to do, or I knew my family member was going to be all right. And then here come the people. Well, how do you know that wasn't a demon? How do you know that was really an angel? You know, you need to be really careful with that kind of thing because, you know, Satan, he can heal too, you know. That angel appeared and your, your, your son, your mother, your daughter, your father, whoever got better. Well, that, that could have been a trick, you know, to, to get you into angel worship, you know, because now you're having more of an interest in angels and, you know, you're not supposed to do that. So I think that was satanic. You know, I think that was demonic. So we have all these experiences in our lives of God guiding us, revealing himself to us, showing his love and his closeness and his concern for us. And we have all these other people saying, well, no. You can't accept that experience. You have to deny your experience. It doesn't matter how wonderful it was, how good it made you feel, how close to God it made you feel, how close to Jesus it made you feel. If it does not conform to our doctrine, then your experience is null and void. And you, you can pretty much put anything in between those two bookends of birth and death, even reading something like the Arantia book. And there's many people who find the Arantia book and they read it and they say they just, they just weep because there's so many things that, that resonate with, with them in the Arantia book that, that they say they knew it since they were children they knew it in their heart. They knew it in their soul. And it just filled them with such a joy and such a relief that they would weep and say, finally, something that confirms the truth that's in my own heart. And people will come along and say, well, you shouldn't read that book because that is from the devil. And so all of those joyful experiences that move a person closer to God, closer to Christ, are always null and void. We try to cancel them out, or other people try to cancel them out with their version of God. And some people might ask, well, the Arantia book, well, what about the Bible? The Bible's fine. I read the Bible. I consider myself to be a Christian just because I practice uh, mindfulness and meditation and I'm interested in uh, the Zen life and, and some of the teachings of uh, Buddhism. Uh, just because I read the Arantia book, that doesn't mean I'm something else. It means 
I'm Paul James Caden, and I have my spiritual path. And of course, I read the Bible. Of course, I pray. And many people that read the Arantia book, uh, many of them uh, look at those two books as the pillar of their faith, the Arantia book and the Bible, that they're both important. You know, so it's, again, the individual experience. Just because I or someone else reads the Arantia book or some uh, Buddhist material, it doesn't make the Bible null and void. It doesn't make uh, Jesus null and void. The, the Arantia book is very uh, centered on the teachings and the life of Jesus. So, you know, we need to stop trying to destroy the personal experiences of other people with our opinions and our doctrines. How would it feel if someone approached you and said, well, your version of God is wrong, you're worshiping, uh, you know, the devil? I mean, there are some people that practice Judaism that will tell a Christian that, well, you're into idolatry, you worship Jesus, there's only one God. You have no part with God. Well, how does that make you feel? We have to leave other people's experiences alone. And right on the other hand, I think we need to look at, at personal experience versus religion. Now, personal experience, uh, and again, you know, uh, the Arantia book, uh, something I agree with, and uh, I think if we uh, turn through the pages of the Bible, we'll find the same message. We have to have the foundation to understand that personal experience is not going to lead us into fanaticism. It's not going to lead us into uh, bizarre versions of mysticism. It's not going to give us the prophet complex where we sit back and say, oh, I had this vision, I had this dream, I had this experience, so now uh, you know, I'm going to be some great teacher and everybody else is in error and I see where they're all wrong because I had this experience and they didn't. Personal experience is never going to lead us into being a fear monger or browbeating other people, pointing fingers at them because we had an experience and they didn't. If we venture into any of those territories, we are venturing into the realms of error and fanaticism. And the Arantia book is very clear on that, which I very much agree with and appreciate. Personal experience should do two very simple things, and that is to draw us closer to God and to increase our faith in God. And we could add a third one to that to say, 
it makes us love our fellow man more because we have a clearer view, a clearer picture of what life is really all about, what the ultimate end goal is, and that is to be with God when we leave this earth. And now, you know, personal experience does have its pitfalls because there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that have, you know, start these crazy cults and religions and movements. So it definitely has its pitfalls. And we have to be careful. But right over on the other hand, if we look at religion, organized religion and its doctrines, Right from the very beginning with with, uh, the Church of Rome, they got involved in politics, they fought wars, they tortured people. You know, they, they were violent. And these are things, I mean, we can look in the very pages of the Bible, right in the Gospels where Jesus said, his kingdom is not of this world. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. You know, Jesus and his apostles did not have any political affiliation. They did not fight wars. They would just as soon lay down their lives and be fed to the lions and be tortured and killed before they would pick up the sword and and go to war and torture or kill somebody else to convert them. That's not what they did. But right from the get-go, Big organized religion entered into the political arena. They tortured and killed those who wouldn't adhere to their version of the faith. They fought in wars. They had their own uh, army. And we we haven't progressed very far in, in religion since then because we still do the same things. Look at the state of America because of politics there are Christians out there who who want to assassinate politicians there's Christians who want to assassinate you know Dr. Fauci whether you like the guy or not but that's pretty bad People look back at January 6th of 2020 and say, oh, there was no insurrection there. Oh, that was very peaceful. Yeah, we had a bunch of people carrying crosses and waving Jesus flags. And right in the middle of it all was a a gallows erected to hang Mike Pence because he wouldn't wouldn't stop the counting of the votes, uh, you know, for the election. I mean, we haven't. You know, and I know some people are going to jump on that and and leave comments, but, you know, don't bother because that's not what this podcast is about. These are examples to show where we haven't progressed very much in big organized religion since its inception. It's really gotten away from the simple message of Christ. And now most Christians, sadly, and, 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 and this, is, this is very heartbreaking to see, most Christians for decades now focus more on 
the devil, focus more on politics, and now focus more on conspiracy theories mixed with religion and prophecy. And even though those prophecies fail again and again and again, they won't pull themselves away from it. Rather than focusing on the simple message, faith in Christ, faith in God. Living the teachings of the Master, Jesus, and emulating his life when he walked on the earth and those of his early followers who were peaceful, loving, nonviolent people. They were not political. Yes, they talked about prophecy. Yes, they believed the end was going to come that day when, when the end of the age, all things will be made new. And even the Arantia book talks about that time of entering into the time of, of life and light. So that day will come, and I personally believe myself that it will come. But they didn't go out there and scare people and say, oh, if we don't vote for this person, you know, we're going to be left in the rapture. Oh, if we associate with that group of Christians because they, you know, they believe in something different or they don't hold our political views or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, oh, we're going to be out. You know, they didn't get into all this stuff we see today. And we just have all of these denominations and Christian sects and and Christianity isn't the only one. I mean, you, you look at other religions who want to dominate the world, who want to go to war, who want to conquer the nations and make them submit to their version of God. There are some in Islam who want to do this. There's some in Judaism, unfortunately, who want to do the same thing. And now there are Christians who want to do the same thing, and yet they point the fingers at the others and say, oh, you bad people, oh, you terrorists, oh, you antichrists. So suffice it to say, it's, it's not really personal experience, people's personal experience with and in God that has caused, you know, so much toxicity in the world it's our man-made, man-constructed religions that say, follow us, follow what we tell you to do. Because even inside of religion, there's a lot of people that say they've had enough of religion, uh, they've gotten away from it all, but they take all those doctrines and beliefs with them. They're still concentrating every day on, you know, the devil, the bad guys, the conspiracy theories mixed with prophecy and religion. How everybody who doesn't believe like they believe, you know, are bad people. People that don't vote like they, they vote are bad people and they're the enemy. So they still carry that, that toxic germ of division with them and they'll say, oh no, th this, you know, I don't, I'm not involved with religion anymore. I have my personal relationship. I do my own my own thing with God, but it's the same as the group 
they came out of and maybe even worse because now there's so many sects out there and crazy groups and they're very easy to find on the internet i've talked about this in my other shows you know ad nauseum <laughs> sometimes it's very easy to find an even even more fanatical group to join and start adhering to their doctrines and beliefs and then people fool themselves and say, well, no, they're, they're just like-minded others like I am. Well, with some things, yes, with some things, no. But we just want to be surrounded with that group mentality. And so I think we wouldn't have a whole lot of this going on if we were all born into this world, had, had our positive, loving, peaceful experiences with God and in God, grew up in those experiences, and then took them into the world as we got older, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And that's one of the big messages, messages of the Arantia book, again, that I agree with. You know, we're not to force our religion on other people. But going out and doing good as we experience God, as we, we love God more, we become better people. And because we become better people, because our love and our faith in God has grown, we grow at the soul level, the spiritual level, and then we go out into the world and we do good as Jesus did good. We minister to others. We help others. We're a positive influence in the world and in people's lives rather than a negative influence. And that's the city on the hill or the lamp that's lit and sit on a stand where everyone can see its light. If there were enough people doing that, being a positive influence and having peace in their lives, there might be more people that would eventually say, hey, I want that. I'm tired of living in the, the rat race. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being you know, in these religions that just, you know, it's war and it's politics and it's fighting and it's division and it's hatred and it's, you know, whatever craziness comes down the pike. And I've known people that have come out of those things and they say, my God, it was so exhausting every day. It just spiritually and emotionally was burning me out and I didn't even realize it. And all of this is going to hit a wall eventually. That's my prophecy. That's my guarantee. This will all eventually hit a wall and somebody has to be there to pick up the pieces. And it's going to be the people that just had their peaceful, loving growth-inspiring experiences with and in God and just let his presence, let his love, let their faith in him grow who they are. These are going to be the spiritual doctors and nurses 
that, you know, bandage everybody's spiritual wounds, picks them up, you know, off the ground and shows them the right way, the loving way to go. But why wait till we hit that wall? Why wait? We can have those experiences now. And it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't, you know, you're not forsaking anything to have those loving experiences with God. But you're certainly forsaking the doctrines of men and their rules, and their, especially if those doctrines and rules and ideas are hateful or divisive or packed with fear. Look what they're doing. Oh, the end is coming. Oh, you know, the, the, you know, the baby-eating politicians, you know, who practice witchcraft and Satanism and vampirism or whatever, you know, all these, all these ideas. It's all of that fear, all of those toxic ideas. That's what you're getting rid of. And I'll tell you, once you step out of all that and you have that experience of God where you really experience his love and his peace in your life, you will never go back to that other stuff. You will never be talked out of it. You will never, you'll, you'll sit there and ask yourself, why didn't I do this sooner? What was I doing? with all of that other, you know, crazy religion. What, what the heck was I doing? Because it's so refreshing. And like I said, it, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian because you don't belong to some group or you're not following some church or some, you know, knucklehead on the, the internet, you know, or, you know, or whatever, you know, or clamoring around some politician that everybody else is hailing as, you know, the new savior or whatever the case may be. You know, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian just because you're not doing those things. Pray. Read your Bible. Take communion. You know, explore other things with reason. You know, read the Urantia book. It's not going to tell you to do anything crazy or new age. It's actually uh, very down-to-earth advice about how to practice your faith and do most of the work that you do inside of yourself. And then once you grow you bring those fruits of the Spirit into the world around you. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That is biblical. So let's stop trying to destroy other people's personal experience. But rather, let's just give them guidance. If we see them getting into fanaticism or something weird... You know, uh, of course, you, then you have to like, you know, put the brakes on and say, hey, you know, th th this isn't what personal experience with God is all about. 
Remember the words of Jesus, by their fruits you shall know them. Look at all of the other people that had similar or same crazy ideas and look where it got them. Either in jail, mass suicide with some you know crazy group, Messiah complex. You know, look where it got the people before you that had similar ideas. That's not where you want to go. You know, you 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 don't want to, you know, walk in the uh, the long road. You know, in the hall of madmen. You know, that's no, that's not what personal experience is all about. It's about growing your faith in your relationship with God, your love for God, making you a better person. Not a prophet, you know, not some powerful holy man, you know, that, uh, you know, starting a cult that if all the women in the cult have sex with you, they'll be magically healed and brides of God, you know, or some crazy nonsense like this. That's not what it's about. So, of course, we have to give people, you know, some guidance on that path. You know, we're all growing up spiritually. There, there are times we're all going to make mistakes. But we should be helping one another, not criticizing, not beating the, one another down, not getting people to conform or convert to our ideas. Because isn't it the truth, even if we get them to convert to our ideas and our doctrines, if they're going to, you know, spiral into something... Um, unhealthy, you know, or, or crazy, they're going to do it anyway. They'll take whatever spiritual seed you give them, you know, and take, you know, plant it in the soil of crazy town. So, you know, personal guidance and helping our brothers and sisters is what is needed, not converting them well they're converted they're okay so i can just leave them alone then that can be very dangerous you know we have to guide and help others so we have to think do we want personal experiences you know with god and in god that grow our soul grow our faith grow our love for god our love for christ our love for one another or do we want to trade it all in for religious doctrines and get involved in all the worldly things, the wars and the politics and, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, that, that the, the religious masses uh, are pushing, you know, this year, the flavor of the day, the flavor of, you know, uh, the year, whatever that might be. We've got to get away from the madness and stop running with the herd. And, you know, these are usually people that call everybody else sheep. But they run in every direction, you know, that their leaders point in. They never stop and think for themselves. They never stop and experience God for themselves. They're always saying, they're always saying, I, w I wouldn't have known God. I wouldn't have known anything. I wouldn't have grown spiritually if it weren't for pastor so-and-so, if it weren't for brother so-and-so, if it weren't for, you know, this guy on the internet. No, these people are not your doorway to God. Your doorway to God is in your own soul. It's in your heart. 
you know, that is where Christ knocks and says, if anyone answers, I and the Father will come in and make our home with him. Nobody else can give you God. You have to find and experience God for yourself. So in closing, let's read that particular quote from the Arantia book one more time. Paper 1, section 6, verse 6. You can argue over opinions about God, but experience with him and in him exists above all human controversy and mere intellectual logic. And it is my hope and my prayer that everybody who listens to this podcast will begin to experience God for themselves. That love and peace that just surpasses all understanding and takes your soul and your mind and your thinking and your life to a place that, you know, you just can't describe it. And don't let anybody ever take that away from you once you have that experience. Because there is where you have found God. That is where you have found Christ. So everyone out there, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope uh, you got something from this podcast this week. I will see you again next week. And remember, I have a very special guest. We're going to talk more about the Arantia book, uh, fill in uh, what it is, what it is not, and uh, why we feel it's important for uh, our individual spiritual journey. So until next time, stay in the light, stay in love, and thanks for listening.